This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And good evening, Hearts of Oak. Thank you once again for joining us on a pre-record coming to you, I think, two days before it goes out. And it is absolute honour to have Sam Sorbo join us today. Sam, thank you for your time today. Thanks for having me. We 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 almost started the show without starting the show. So I'm so glad to be here and start the show. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely wonderful to have you. And we're going to discuss education, homeschooling specifically, but you can find Sam Sorbo. SamSorbo.com is the website and at the Sam Sorbo, the tw- Twitter handle and all the other links will be in the description. And Sam Sorbo hosts the Sam Sorbo show on Radio 1 podcast and she's an accomplished actress, author and international model. Her Epoch TV show schools out streams every Monday and she's a homeschool advocate and education activist, I guess, and authored along many other books, They're Your Kids, An Inspirational Journey from Self-Daughter to Homeschool Advocate. That is going to be my uh, audio book on my flight over to the States next week. Um, And if I can bring up, Sam has done a lot of books. If I can bring up, here is a link on Amazon.co.uk for those of our UK audience, and they're all available as audiobooks or you can get paperbacks hardbacks as well everything is there in the links in the description so please go and make use of that now sam if i can ask there a whole i'm really really interested in the homeschooling side having having two boys and it's not something which i have really delved deeper in but it maybe would take a step back a moment and maybe ask you just to take a few moments and introduce yourself to our viewers and listeners yeah sure so uh let's see so i started out uh going to duke university to study biomedical engineering and um well let me just let me put it this way i was raised to go to college get a degree get a career make money and then consider getting married having some children settling down. Uh, And so that was the trajectory I was on. Uh, I got into Duke University, which is a very fine school over here, and I got into the engineering program, and I was studying engineering, and I was working uh, very diligently on an ulcer because I was so stressed by the value put on earning money, and I was so afraid that I wasn't going to be able to earn money, having been raised basically by a single woman uh, who was the mother of four girls and left sort of in the lurch uh, when her babies were we. Um, I was the youngest, and so I I feel like maybe I got the brunt of that. I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure if that even matters. But I grew up with a lot of trepidation and anxiety surrounding my ability to support myself and my need to be able to support myself. And so. I was in college working on an ulcer and I thought, this is crazy. I need to take a year off because I'm making myself sick. And I took a year off and ended up modeling in Paris and being hugely successful financially. And I went, oh, that's interesting. But I was still on that track. So I went back to college. And in college, everything was easy. There was no more stress because I'd already proven to myself that I could go earn the the almighty dollar. And I was like, wow. 
this is amazing. Like this is it's so much easier than I thought it was. What's the, what's the secret there? I ended up leaving college because I realized that I could either do the one thing for the, for the next 12 years, or I could do everything else and earn a lot of money. And so I went, wait, I want to do everything else, learn languages, earn a lot of money. So I left college and I, and I eventually became an actress and I was successful being an actress and I had a lot of money and I went, oh my gosh, I've arrived. I did everything they told me to stick a fork in me. I'm done. Is this really what it's all about? And so that's become now a message that I'm giving to parents. You don't want to instill in your children this idea that their intrinsic value is tied only to money. That's the worst thing you could possibly do because at the age of 50 or 60, they're going to look around at their lives, which they have spent chasing money and say, why am I not happy? What's wrong with me? I did everything they told me to because this is the message in the schools is it's only about the money. Leave the spirituality out of it. Leave life's purpose out of it. Your purpose is to earn money. And we're seeing this more now because of all the globalism that we're seeing and the globalists and the elites who really just want us to have nothing and be happy, <laughs> yeah. right? And eat crickets and be happy and, 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 right? And we know intrinsically, we know in our hearts that life is about more than the, the dollar, the, the pound, the, the yen. <laughs> uh, and so I, I went on a search when I was in my 20s and I found God, which helped me tremendously because then I realized, oh, there's more to life than the, than the money, um, which helped me in my marriage. It's helped me as being a mother. And so when my toddler was two, less than two, I would say, she didn't have very many words. She had the word no. Uh, she chased me down after I came home from an audition and with this little finger pointing in my face, no, 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 no. So I picked her up and she turned to my full-time nanny and said, bye-bye. And I realized for the, for the second or third time in my life that I was faced with a binary choice. And this is another thing that I teach parents and people that I minister to. Every choice is binary. Now, in school, they will teach you to make pros and cons lists. That's nothing but, but bringing more confusion into the mix. Every choice is binary because you must learn in your life to prioritize. But they don't teach you that in school because what do they tell you? You can have it all, but you can't have it all. And you know you can't have it all. There's too much. You can't be it all. You can't know it all. You can't have it all. Uh, and so you prioritize. And in that instant, when my daughter waved bye-bye to our nanny, I realized she had prioritized me. Hmm. And I needed to prioritize her. And she was my third child. And the other two were still small. And so I decided that I wasn't going to work. Now, I had the luxury of not working. This is true. Uh, I had a husband who was a breadwinner. So um, I was very blessed with that. Uh, but I would, I would put to people that it is important to prioritize because when it comes later in life, if you've prioritized the wrong way, you're going to be missing some things. So I'm getting you prioritize 
family before we just get into the education side and and you you've got a lot of different backgrounds in i guess the media world or the, the art world or showbiz world or however and you've made a, a decision to put family first i'm guessing that was a conscious choice that you've made oh absolutely i i will tell you this when um when my i was engaged to my husband and i was trying to figure out how to make it all work. I was a, I was a successful actress. I was on Chicago hope for many episodes and I'd been doing movies and things. And, um, and I didn't know how, because he lived in New Zealand, you know, that's a 13 and a half hour flight. And what if I'm there and I get the call back and how is that going to look? And, uh, Kevin had, uh, very severe, Ill- he, he suffered three strokes about four months before we were due to be married. And in that moment, I was faced with a binary choice mm. and I chose him over my career. And it's, it, it was a phenomenal option, right? I, I had a great option and I could, by the way, I could have chosen my career, but we would not have lasted. That just brings in heartache because then you're constantly trying to figure out, well, what's my pr- priority in this instance? And that's what I, I try to simplify it for people. Life doesn't have to be that hard. You just have to have your priorities in order. And I prioritized him. I said, okay, you it, it, because he needed me. Now, if he hadn't needed me, I wouldn't have been forced to make that choice. But I understood that he wasn't, he, he was in a very bad way. Three strokes to the brain, three, three bullets in your brain kind of knocked him on his, on his arse, so to speak. And um, so that, that was, but we, right before we started the show, you had said, you know, I've been focused mainly on politics and I haven't really given much diligence to education. And I started laughing. I said, please start the show <laughs> <laughs> because politics is education. You yep. see, everything yep. is education. And I know that to me, because I'm in education, uh, you know, it's like to the hammer, everything looks like a nail. But the fact is that your education is your perspective on the world, on everything that comes at you, the way you've been educated is the way you will see that thing. And so when we first started talking, because I hit you up immediately, I said, oh, you have boys, take them out of school. And you're like, wait, what? And, and the, the, the response tends to be, but what am I going to do? Right? Because we think that school is necessary. And I'm here to tell you, it's not necessary. They've trained you to think that it's necessary. The people who want you to eat bugs have trained you to think, oh, my children should be in school. The people who want to sexualize your children, the perverts who want to convince your child to switch genders and mutilate themselves, they have the, they're the ones who have convinced you that you need the schools more than the schools need you, right? And that's absolutely a lie. It's it's an outright lie. And I have three fabulous children to prove it. Now, I didn't enter into this knowing that. That's why my first book is my journey, right? Because I thought that I was completely incapable. Now, mind you, I went to Duke University. I speak five languages. And I thought I was incapable of teaching my children I thought I was incapable of teaching my children French, which it turns out I was because I didn't start early enough and they rebelled against me. They didn't want to speak French. And then it was too late. Now they resent me for not speaking French to them. (laughs) But, But I actually talked to a French woman and I said, would you come tutor my children? And she's like, 
we're having a conversation in French. <laughs> She's like, why are you asking me that? And I thought, because no, no, God's own truth. I literally said, because I don't speak child French. <laughs> because I didn't grow up in France. Like it's it it's I'm clinical, right? But the but the reason for that is because I went to school. And I was taught there's a paradigm. This is how you learn. And I get angry because it is it is such abuse. We've been abused to believe things that are simply not true. We believe that you raise your hand to ask a question. That's a lie. That's a deterrent to learning. That is them teaching you not to ask questions. And that's where we are today. Not asking questions right? Aren't we so frustrated, you and I particularly, that people aren't out there just asking just the most basic questions? Like, why have we banned ivermectin? Yeah. It, it was a Nobel Prize winning, uh, uh, you know, uh, or, or it wasn't the other one. Anyway, why have we banned a Nobel Prize winning medicine that has proven to be highly effective? And now, nope, it's banned. Why did we approve a medicine that failed clinical trials? We approved it to use on very sick people. Mm. Why? Why? Why slow the spread? That was my first question. I'm like, wait, why? Why slow the spread? Why not speed this? Maybe speed the spread. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a good. Do you know what I mean? Like, so we've been trained. We've all been trained. And that's why your kids are still in school, right? Well, I, I want to know about your journey because the, the book you mentioned, 2016, you published There Your Kids, an inspirational journey from self-doubter to homeschool advocate. Tell me about that journey. What, what was the moment? What sparked that off? What made you ask questions? Tell oh, yeah. us about that. Well, my, my son was in second grade and they weren't accomplishing what I thought they should be accomplishing. What age is second grade? What, what age? age? Uh, seven, okay. seven, eight. And, um, so he, he was, I, how do I put it? Okay. Uh, and, and these stories are in the book, but basically the first one was I, I was the guilty parent. I felt so like, oh, I've got to be involved. I've got to help out. I taught art in the class. I walked the kids to library once a week. I was there with the teacher cleaning up after class at least twice a week. And the way that they constructed the class, they had two teachers that switched days every other day. I mean, it was insane. There was, they had five problem children in that class. I remember the day the teacher said to me, oh, today's a very good day. I had all five children assigned to special whatever. So they get removed from her care. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and my son was in the, in the midst of that. And, and I, I was like, well, this can't be good. And then one day I asked her how his book reports were, because we used to do book reports and turn them in. And, you know, second grade, first time mom, I had no idea what a book report should look like. But I'm thinking, you know, he's, he's toeing the line. He's getting stuff done. And I asked her after class one day, and she said like this, oh, not very good. And I was like, wait, what? She said, oh, not very good at all. No. I said, well, okay, show me one that's, show me a good one so that I know what we're shooting for. And she showed me one that was like completely filled out in cursive writing. And now, of course, in hindsight, I know the parent did that. Okay. Yeah. But at the time, and by the way, so did she. 
But at the time I was duly chastised. So I started doing book report with him every day after school and forcing him to sit there. Now, mind you, the child's been in school all day. And then the parent forces the child to sit and behave. And the parent is the bad guy in this scenario because we've already established when you drop your kid off at school, you're telling the child, the school knows better than I do. The school is the authority here, okay? And so you you become the substitute teacher that nobody likes hmm. and you're forcing the kid to do the stupid stuff that the school is de- is doing. And I went, oh my gosh, I'm homeschooling. And it's no fun which is what a lot of parents discovered during COVID is that homeschooling is no fun. (laughs) And that's why I don't call it homeschooling anymore. I call it home learning because it's definitely not school. Because if you're doing school, you are doing yourselves a disservice, both you and your child, you're doing yourselves a disservice because school does not accomplish education. And this is, this is what we have to come to terms with. School is not education. I'm going to say that again, because it's so important. School is not education. And that's, and that's hard for people to understand. In fact, look, I spoke to uh, a national association of Christian lawmakers the other day. And it's so interesting because some people hear my message and they receive it and they say, wow, okay, I've got to do some, I got to do some thinking about that. Like you did. You're like, "Mm, I'm going to take that home and I'm going to chew on it, chew on it a bit. and, And then we'll see. Right. And there are people who literally can't hear it. And so they say, well, guess what we did for our schools? I'm like, you can't fix them. They're not broken. The schools are doing exactly what they were set out to do. Make us all the same. Conformity is the highest value. Money is the highest value. So we're just like rats on a, on a, you know, uh, uh, round circle uh, wheel, rats on a wheel. Chasing the dollar, right? I mean, they're accomplishing what they set out to do. And by the way, making us all androgynous so that we are so individualized at this point that we will not form unions anywhere. And that's the destruction, not just of our culture and our society. It's the destruction of the individual. The destruction of the individual is when you remove the individual from the group, whatever the group might be. So I'm, I stand in opposition to school and by the way, like I've seen it where you set the child free and they, they, they blossom beyond your wildest imagination. Why? Because your imagination has been tamed by the school. You think, you know, Hmm. it's, 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 it's a hard message to bring because people have to check themselves now. But once you hear, I'm hoping once you hear it, you can't unhear it. This is a deterrent to learning. The first thing you learn in school is that you have to do this, which means don't ask. And education should, at the very least, start with a question. So when you shut down that child's curiosity, when you shut down their creativity in schools, you are impeding learning. You're impeding the growth of the mind. You are impeding the child. It's against the child. It's against God. It's against the individual, right? Because they they seek conformity above all else. Uh, it's against the family because their their main accomplishment is that they've killed the family. They've separated families to the degree that young women don't want to have families. Yeah, the biological urge is completely abolished, basically. 
I don't want to be our president. Our own president said he didn't want his daughters to be burdened with a child. Wow. How do they feel about that? Wow. You know, so. But you, you're because a lot of people will say that um, my school is a, a good school. It may have Christian elements. I mean, in the UK, we have all different types of different state schools. Uh, we have supposedly Christian schools that bring an element of morality, but it's it's a very low level, um, and they're doing well in the in the education test. So th- there's no pressure, certainly not from the UK. I mean, homeschooling is quite a a different concept for certainly in Europe. I know it's a much more popular system in the states, but you're stating that actually it's not just this is maybe a better way if your school isn't as good. It's actually the only way it, it's the way you take your child and let them develop and grow. Yes. Yes. That's, that's pretty much what I'm saying. And it's so funny <laughs> because I, I mean, I just, I just laugh because people really want to save their schools mm. because um, it's kind of like we're the abused wives, but he really loves me. I mean, he does really nice things for me when he's not knocking the crap out of me. You know what I mean? And, and we're standing over here saying, but he beats the living hell out of you. How can you let him do that? What about your children? Yeah, but he's a good provider. He, he brings home, you know, when he's not drunk, I mean, you know, they're drunk. Okay. The schools are drunk. They're drunk on power. They want your children. They want your children's souls. They want, and for the people who say, well, um, you know, my kids go to a good Christian school. So, so let's, let's, let me ask you a couple of questions. Do we believe in welfare? In Europe, in Europe, we have a welfare system that is there supposedly for all, Do, whether you need it or not. Right. Do we believe that welfare works? Doesn't, no. Do we believe that socialism works? No. Do we believe that um, children are, uh, sorry, that parents are idiots? And can't teach their children, can't possibly see any, there's no value in the parent. Hmm. No. In fact, in fact, the number one indicator for academic success in schools is parental involvement. Number one, like by, by a vast margin, it's that that's the indicator. Right. And then finally, um, hold on. Welfare, socialism, parental, uh, that the parent, that the parents are idiots. And do we believe as Christians, that children can learn morality without invoking God. And we don't. Okay. So th- those are the four premises on which every public school system is based. So you, so you, you stand not in alignment with the core tenets of the school system, but you think that by sending your child to a school based on that system that mentions God, Hallelujah. We've, we've solved the problem. No, I'm sorry, because those children still go to school and learn. Teacher has all the answers. All I have to do is ask the teacher. Teacher will tell me everything I need to know. I don't need to know anything that the teacher doesn't tell me. Ask the experts. By the way, uh, from the Christian perspective, I see the parents in the family. And by the way, the Bible's very clear. 
The Bible never says, make sure your children go to a good school, find a good school for your children ever, never. Okay. So God established the family unit and then invoke the, in, in, uh, and then encourage the parents. You teach the child, teach them diligently. When you rise up in the morning, when you go to sleep at night and, and all of that, when you walk on the way, when you, when you sit, when you stand. Um, so the Bible's very clear on that. So what are we hoping for? And the parents, to me, the parents are the representation of God on earth for the child. The parent is the the authority, right? And the parent tells the child, I am the authority as appointed by God. I'm the authority, right? And then eventually as the child grows, the child transfers that relationship. The hope is the child transfers that relate to God. Because when the child becomes an adult, they don't need mommy anymore, but they still need the father in heaven. And so to me, that's, that's sort of the paradigm. But when you allow the school to come in between the parent and the child, which it does, inevitably, it forms a wedge between the parent and the child, that's anti-God. Mm-hmm. And so when you drop your child off at school, you are telling the child, you are informing them whether you want to or not. The school knows better than I do. So when there's a conflict of interest, when maybe the school says, hey, have as much sex as you want, use a condom. And you say, hey, sex out of wedlock's not a great idea. You lose. You've already ceded your authority. You ceded your authority to the school. You ceded God's authority to the school. And now the school is God. Obviously, the response from many people is, you don't understand that my life is very busy, that I'm working hard to provide for my children. Um, And that's what being a good parent is, working hard, bringing home a paycheck so that I can give them all they need in life. And this simply would mean that I would have to focus on something else which would take away that ability. I, I, I can see that argument and it is a persuasive argument it is that one of the you'll get many responses back pushing back i assume that's one of them well okay i want to push back on persuasive argument doesn't persuade me life is hard (laughs) yeah buckle up betty you know uh uh i know people who i know i know people who have worked full-time and home educated their children I worked full-time and, and home-educated my children because the fact is it doesn't take that much effort on the part of the parent to make sure that the child is educated. And by the way, we ought to rethink our definition of education because you're still thinking school, Yeah, you see? And so if you're going to homeschool your child and abuse them the same way that system does, that takes a lot of effort. <laughs> but if you just want them to get an education, I'm sorry. That's way easier. That's why. Okay. So I'm going to do a a quick plug here. Uh, This book I realize is not on Amazon. It's at my website. You pulled up my Amazon page and I'm like, oh, look at that. My book's not there. (laughs) Oh, right. Because I didn't put it on Amazon. Um, This is the playbook for home learning. This book is actually a workbook for parents. You see all the blank spaces. Ah. This is to encourage parents to work through what is education? Okay. So this is, for instance, this is something that they show in school now, yep. the gender person, yep. because everything's malleable. You're not the way you were born. 
you know, stuff like that. So I've developed uh, uh, this, by the way, this book goes with a series of, of uh, videos that live online and it's a whole course in rethinking the way you think about education because the education of the child should include how to be generous, how to offer assistance, how to mourn the loss of a loved one or help somebody else mourn the loss of a loved one, how to change the oil in a car. If that's something that uh, we might still need to actually, I'm trying to think now if we're going battery, maybe not, right? How, How to, how to impeach the system, how to think critically. They don't teach them how to think they teach them what to think. So there's all kind, there's all parts of education, how to be, a, a good person, how to be a member of the family, how to support your siblings in their endeavors, how, you know, how to, how to conflict res- resolve, like, how do you resolve conflicts? Uh, you know, all of these things. And by the way, parents are innately able to either teach these things or figure out how to get them taught. Right. So parents say to me, oh, I don't have patience. That's a big one. And I struggle with that because, you know, patience is a virtue. Mm. So why are you so quick to admit that you're lacking in one of the, one of the virtues? Like, think about that. And by the way, the opposite of patience is anger. So if you lack the patience, then I'm sorry for your anger issue. Are you seeing somebody for that? (laughs) It's like, right. Maybe, maybe God gave you your children to teach you patience. The other thing that we've been um, convinced of is that children aren't trainable, Mm -hmm. that children are rowdy, they're disruptive, and they need to go to school to learn discipline. That's untrue. If you keep your children at home with you, basically, they will, you will discipline them because if you don't, you're going to be living in hell. And so you better, you know, buckle up and figure out how to get that done. They become disciplined and then you can take them anywhere. And people will say, Oh my goodness, your children are so well behaved. I kid you not. We used to, we used to travel as a family a lot. Every time we got off the plane, Oh, those are your kids. Wow. Good job. You know, they're, they're so well behaved. Um, it's possible. I'm here to say it's possible. Now it's not easy. Did you think it was supposed to be easy? You gave birth to children. Was I mean, they're your kids. Don't you want to have a lifelong relationship with them? Isn't it worth sacrificing girls' night out? Or, you know, lunch at the club or lunch? Stop. Like, I know people have to make, they have to make sacrifices. They have to, that's another thing that we don't teach in school. We don't teach the value of sacrifice, okay? So in school, you can have it all. That means you don't have to sacrifice. You shouldn't sacrifice anything ever. But the fact is, if, if you just think about that for a minute, that's a lie. You sacrifice every single day. This morning, I had coffee. Meant I sacrificed tea. Didn't have tea because I chose to have coffee. Can't have both. You can't have it all. You will make sacrifices. So... Buckle down and figure out what's worth the sacrifice. Now, if you're telling me that your children aren't worth the sacrifice, hmm. I can't fix, I can't fix that. I can't fix stupid. Okay. I'm here telling you your children are worth the sacrifice. I knew a guy who homeschooled because his seventh grade boy was going to be left behind. 
and they were going to make him repeat seventh grade. And so this guy was married, actually, and took the night shift because his wife wanted nothing to do with it. He took the night shift. He worked all night, came home in the morning, did an hour or two of study with his son, and then went to bed for the day. And that's how he got it done. And his son did seventh grade and eighth grade that year, and then went back to ninth grade the following year. Caught all the way up because the schools don't accomplish nearly as much as you think they accomplish. Do you remember what drudgery school was? Come on. Nobody likes school. They like the social aspects, but imagine, imagine you get all your, your work done before 1130 and you can go and have all the socializing you want. That was my first child. I told him that if he got his work done by 1130, he could, he, he could earn his way to other things. Man, that kid was up at 6 a.m. Okay. If that's, he didn't need to be up at 6 a.m. He just wanted to be fit. There were days that he finished at 10 because he got up, made himself breakfast, did whatever, you know, just boom, 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 got his work done. Schoolwork is basically if, if you're like a full-time student. And so that's like from sixth grade on, say, base, maybe three, four hours a day. And as you get older, okay, there's more reading. You should spend a lot more time reading. You take the games away. You take the videos away. You put, you, you insert classical literature. Mm. You create a thinker. And that's not what they're doing today in schools at all. Like not even close. And the reason, and the reason that you know that it's true is because you went through the system back before it became so perverted, way before it became, and you still don't know crap. I didn't know crap until I started educating my kids and I started reading the classics and I'm like, why didn't I ever have to read this in school? And yeah, we read some, but it was like not nearly the course load that I had for my kids. So there it's, there's a better way. There's a better. And by the way, like my relationship with my teenagers is astonishing. I never would have dreamed I could have the relationship I have with them. I ask them for advice for like real advice because they're smart and they're thoughtful. And sometimes they give me silly advice and sometimes they give me great advice. And it's, I don't know adults that I ask for advice that often. You see what I'm saying? I would, Kevin travels a lot, my husband. And so on any given evening, I might cuddle in my bed early and grab my computer and just be working on my laptop because it's quiet and nice. And my kids would knock softly on the door and come in one at a time, you know, one, one per night or whatever, and just sit on the end of my bed and pour out their day to me because they want the relationship. They're seeking the relationship. And don't you know, I, that was a choice, right? I could have said, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get some work done maybe tomorrow, but I never did shut my computer made my peace with, okay, it's going to be a longer night than I thought or whatever. And had that conversation. And it, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And you have that opportunity with these young people. You created your own human being. <laughs> Invest the time into making sure that you have that relationship for the rest of your life. And don't muck it up by sending that human being to other people to pervert and destroy, because that's what they're seeking to do. It's kind of a no brainer. Let me let me bring up because you said it wasn't on your Amazon. Well, this is uh, on the website, and this is the playbook for home learning. It has on 
can you just tell us where, I guess, people start? People hear what you say and they say, that makes sense. Where do I go from here? What is the kind of first step if they come along the end of the school year? They think, okay, I'm going to make this. It's a big, it's a big change to your life. And if someone says, I think this is the path I want to try, how do they get from where they are with their child in the system to actually starting that homeschooling? So the path will look a little bit different depending on the age of the child. But the the one thing that I suggest is that they get the playbook. They do the videos. It's they're, they're between 30 and 45 minutes a piece. There are 15 videos. Um, it's a subscription over at Underground Education, but all the information's on the website. Yeah. And they do the videos, and that gets them thinking about really, really, like, what's your goal for your child? What is your goal? That they, that they go to Harvard and get the top office in the, in the office building and are miserable? because they they have no spirituality in their lives because they've been convinced that their parents are hateful people uh like th- there's that's one trajectory or you could have a lifelong love relationship with this human being and and by the way get to know the grandkids and be you know Christmas and every holiday to get like like th- there's it's just two divergent roads and so what I do in the playbook is I get you to start considering the long term, right? You got 18 years basically uh, with that with that individual, and you can create something incredibly beautiful out of that, or you can offload it into muck and mire. And um, creating something beautiful out of that is really not that difficult because here's the thing: okay, you're doing this show. Peter, who taught you how to do the show? Where did you go to school to do this show? I learned just after the pandemic hit. How dare <laughs> All you? All by myself. How, how <laughs> dare you not go to school and be doing something that you haven't been uh, fully educated yeah. in and received a gold star, right? I mean, the whole system is a perversion of the truth. The whole system is a lie. And you can ask probably most of your guests who are, you know, forward-thinking individuals who are accomplishing great things. Don't you want that for your child? Or do you want like a marginally gay lifestyle with lots of partners and uh, orgies with drugs uh, every, you know, like, uh, you know th- what they're offering is just not that great. It's, it shouldn't be great enough to even get, get you, give you, for you to give a second look, but they trained you so well to think that you need them for your innocent children, those perverts. Like that's crazy to me that, that more people aren't really fully just waking up and going, Whoa, I did not sign up for that. Okay. But they've, they've dumbed us down to the point where we can't recognize truth when, when it slaps us in the face in the form of a mandate. (laughs) Right. Mm. So the so the thing that I tell people is start with the playbook for home learning because it will change the way that you think about what you're trying to accomplish with your children and that should set you free and there's the underground education platform which is a an exchange basically it's a it's an ongoing conversation between people who are home educating and trying to figure it out because the next thing is you go okay then I'm, I guess I'll homeschool and then you just go buy a bunch of curriculum and think that and think that somehow that's going to resolve all your problems. And it doesn't. 
And the reason is because the answer is not found in academics per se. The answer is found in the raising up of the parents of your grandchildren. You're not raising children. You're raising the parents of your grandchildren. You got to take the long view. And so, I mean, I remember when my, my daughter was closing in on three and she wasn't potty trained. She just refused. And I said to Kevin, well, by the age of 16, she'll be potty trained. Yeah. I took the long view. <laughs> like, I'm not going to stress about it because it doesn't serve me to stress about it. She's either going to figure it out. A wet diaper's no fun. Or, you know, <laughs> she won't. But I, I'm pretty sure she will eventually go, huh, that's no fun. Where's that toilet again? Right. And sure enough, she did. She's now 17 and fully potty trained. I'm glad to report. So you see what I'm saying? Like we've, what we've been conditioned. Oh my gosh. She's almost three. This is terrible. Look at the other children. Stop comparing. You've given birth to, to an incredible, unique individual. Unwrap that gift. Find what's inside that. That's the beauty. That's the tremendous gift of parenting is, is uncovering. In fact, there's a proverb, raise up a child in the way he should go and he will not depart. When, when he's older, he will not depart from it, right? Yeah. But the Hebrew for that is actually more in terms of help a child discover who he is meant to be and he will not leave, his, he leave that path or something like that, right? So your job isn't to tell the child, dictate to the child, you have to do this. You better become a doctor because they earn a good living. That's not your job. Your job is to help the child discover who, who he is on the inside, who he's meant to be, what his calling is. And in fact, it's enshrined in our documents in the United States. The founders put it into the founding documents, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, what do you think the pursuit of happiness is? Happiness is the Aristotelian definition of happiness, which is fulfilling purpose. So the pursuit of fulfilling your purpose in life and not being told by a sovereign that you're, you're a farmer now and I need wheat or farm me potatoes or whatever. And so that's our job, I think, as parents. I mean, this this education thing is so much bigger than just, oh, school, eh, right? So much bigger than that. Tell me as we finish, tell me how people, because I think whenever you have a change of thinking, it takes a while to absorb something new, and it's very rarely a, a step change. You wake up the next day and write, I now know this is going to change. It's It's absorbing it, and you put a lot of information out. All the links will be in the description, as I said, if people are watching or listening, everything is there. But you also do a lot of shows, a lot of podcasts. Tell us a little bit about that, because it's very much people soaking in it, absorbing, getting a new perspective, and then moving forward with that. So tell us about, we have the books, that's all there. Tell us about the shows you also do. Well, okay. And before I do that, I just want to point out that um, I produced a movie uh, called Let There Be Light, which came out in theaters and was terribly successful. And I didn't go to school for that. Okay. I started a podcast. I did not go to school for that. I was a nationally syndicated radio show host yeah. three hours every day, five days a week. And I didn't go to school for that. And I would put to your audience, you probably are doing something you didn't necessarily go to school for, 
or if you went to school for it, you were shocked by how much you had to learn after you finished school. And so that's where, that's where I really want people to start is impeach your own life and ask yourself, did the schools really deliver what I was told they were going to deliver? Or did, was I just convinced that I got something that I hadn't, you know, that, 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 that I didn't really get? Was I just convinced that I had received something that I didn't actually receive? Um, I do a podcast it's a YouTube, it's a rumble, it's on video and, and podcast. Um, and it focuses by and large on education. My radio show is politics and religion, because I said, those are the only two things worth talking about. Um, religion is who you are and where you're going and politics yeah. is how you get there. Right. Yeah. And uh, now I've just drilled down into education because I, I'm, I have a mission to set parents free from the system and to set their children free because the only way this this world is going to remain free is if we free the children from the system. And now finally people are seeing the system really seeks the destruction of children. And if, if you have any heart for your child, you will just yank them out of the system and figure out the rest later. And so then I provide whatever resources I can to helping people figure things out. But I had somebody reach out to me. She said, my granddaughter, uh, was just raped. She's 11 years old and she was raped in the bathroom by a 15 year old boy. What do you suggest we do? Well, first of all, take her the hell out of school, any school, like, like don't ever subject your, but it's crazy how brainwashed we all are that somehow it's, it's not this. And then you, you get the other side where the parents are like, we're totally on board with you, Sam. The schools are broken. It's a terrible thing. And then I say, oh, so you homeschool? No, no. Our, our child goes to a really good public school. Yeah. Okay. So then my question is, well, okay, define good. Do you know what their definition of good is? It's where we went to school. Yeah, yeah. His locker is like three lockers down from my old locker. Wow. I'm like, do you understand that school is not the building, right? Or, I mean, can we at least like, like really? And these are two highly educated individuals. They're both professionals and they're just too busy for their child. They're too busy because here's, here's another thing that somehow I think we learned in school is what I call the abdication of thought. So it's like Scarlet from Gone with the Wind. I won't think about that today. I'll think about that tomorrow. And so we say, oh, yeah, school is really bad, but I'm, I'm just not going to talk. I'm, I won't think about it today. But I do. I'm going to you know, stick a pin in that because I should come back to that. When the kid's 18 and hates your guts, good luck with that. Because when the kid's 25 and you don't have a relationship with him, you're going to be thinking back to this conversation. And going, man, wonder if I should have done something. I mean, I, I don't mean to be alarmist, but wah, wah, wah. the alarms are the alarms are screeching. The children are at risk. I just interviewed Chloe Cole on my on my podcast. She's a young woman who was convinced by social media. By the way, get your kids off social media. No smartphones. That's we're done with that. That that was not a fun experiment. Steve Jobs' kids never went on smartphones. Gates' kids didn't go on smartphones. None of them, okay? We're the dupes because we allowed our kids to have smartphones. 
and she was on her, uh, you know, Instagram and she was convinced that she was transgender. And then the, the, the professionals, the experts convinced her parents to butt the heck out because uh, this is how she self-expression and you'll do more harm. She'll run the risk of suicide, blah, blah, blah. And the parents were duly chastised and they shut up and she went through testosterone treatments, which by the way, young women taking testosterone, it does feel really good. Drugs tend to make you feel good, right? She went through all those treatments and then she did the, the, um, what they call top surgery. And they removed her breasts. And then, by the way, very difficult operation. It is not nearly as easy as they make it sound. And it is excruciating for months because you don't heal like that. It's a terrible thing what they do. Terrible. And then months later, while she's still injured and still recovering, she saw a woman breastfeeding a baby. And she thought, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to be able to breastfeed a baby. I could, I could have breast. Oh, my gosh, I've been fooling myself this whole time. And she's had to make peace with her parents who didn't stand up for her as a, as a, as a created being. Yeah. It's incredible. So now she's suing. <laughs> she's suing Kaiser. She's suing them. I, I hope they don't settle. I hope it goes to court. I I, I hope it goes yeah. all over the world. I hope it blasts. We need to put them in their places. It's a terrible thing what they're doing to children today. It's a terrible, terrible thing. It's in the books. Yeah. And and we're busy rearranging the chairs on the on the Titanic. We're busy rearranging the deck chairs and playing the oboe on the Titanic because the whole thing is sinking. So you either save your kids or you don't, but that whole system's going down. And by the way, we're, we're getting into, you know, we can talk a little politics. We're getting into parallel economies, you know, truth versus fiction. Uh, you know, your, your child being, being educated in an old fashioned system that sees the uh, the um, assembly line yep. as its model, yep. right? When you've got electric cars and people advocating for eating bugs and all of this other, right? Why are you consigning your children to being old fashioned? In fact, I think the, the metric now is 50% of the jobs that your child might be eligible for have not been create, uh, created yet. Right. So why you're sending them to an antiquated system to prepare them for the world yeah. as we will know it is absurd to me. Get a grip, you know. Yeah. Um, Sam, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I, I wanted to listen to you and I'm glad that it's been wider so we can have an audience to listen to the, the conversation. It's something I'm personally extremely interested in questioning myself. And as I said, I'm enjoying, 
I have the book. I think it's six and a half hours and my flight is about seven and a half. So I will go through um, the whole book. There your kids, an inspirational journey from self-daughter to homeschool advocate. And maybe by the end of that flight, I have questions. Maybe I will not have as many, but um, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing. And again, for the viewers, listeners, all the links are in the description. I would encourage you to go on and maybe spend the time up to Christmas. Have a look into this. If it's not something you've come across before, begin to question it. Have a look, try and understand. And maybe by the end of the year, you may find out, actually, this is the path I want to go on and I want to put my kids first. So Sam, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I will say that I did put, I just put the first video up for free on LearnDesk. So if you okay. go to LearnDesk, you can find the, the first of the 15 videos as, as basically an introduction into the course. And uh, I wish you all Godspeed. And if you want to email me, just go to my website also. And people can go to Underground Education, which is the link on samsober.com. They can click on that and they can sign up to that directly. Wonderful. So the, the online community is free and then the academy is a subscription. Okay. Okay. Thank well, you so much. No, thank you for coming along. Absolutely. Thank you. And let me just finish off with our viewers. Thank you to our viewers and listeners for watching or listening as this was done uh, two days before. You'll be able to get on all the platforms. Do make use of all the um, links available in the description. And as always, if you have any questions for us here at Hearts Folk, if you want to uh, any further input then do drop us an email info at heartsvoke.org uh, but everything is on the website there samsober.com so on that i'll wish our viewers and listeners a wonderful rest of your day thank you for joining us on this and we'll see you very soon for our next interview so thank you and goodbye if you like what we do sign up to our mailing list donate share and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsevoke.org Thank you for listening.